So, you know, one of the things that I really want to start this out with is, you know, can you kind of just briefly, I know you've already said this for the LBO um, spotlight, but briefly tell us about, you know, what sparked your passion in fitness, uh, your journey from Florida Southern as a trainer to a small business owner of the Lakeland Athletic Club and Lakeland Cryo and Recovery. So, like, what, what led you yeah. down that, that journey and how did it start um, just as like a, as a brief recap? Sure. I mean, personally, I've always been interested in fitness just from being an athlete. Uh, but when I was at Florida Southern College, I had the summertime off. So we had two months of, you know, nothing really to do. Uh, so during those two months, uh, some of the athletes that were still in town uh, wanted to continue to train in the off season. And uh, so they hired myself and uh, my buddy, Jason, and uh, we would do um, sports performance training is what it was called. And, uh, you know, that's how we sort of developed it during the summertime. We would do what's called um, speed, agility, quickness, so sack training. Uh, and then that developed into uh, regular strength and conditioning. And uh, from there, it was like, hey, this is, uh, this is something that can potentially turn into a, a full-time gig if we ever want to, you know, pursue that avenue. So that's, that's originally how it started. You, and, and, and like what propelled you to make the decision to take that leap? I mean, obviously you had some comfort with Florida Southern. You, you had the summers yeah. off, which from a lifestyle standpoint, probably now in retrospect, you're like, man, I, I did not fully appreciate having these three months off because now it's like yeah. never, you know, you're, you're working, you're working, you know, what, what's well, the like 80 hours a week. So you don't have to work 40 hours a week for someone else. Yeah, there's a, there's a give and take. I mean, to get those two months off, uh, you know, I was working, you know, six, seven days a week, uh, traveling with the sports. Sports teams uh, going all over the the, the country and, and and things like that, and you know nighttime uh, being at the at the facility uh, as an athletic trainer for the sports teams and coming home late at night and then having to get up early again and do it and do it all over again. So there was definitely some trade off. I mean, you earn those two months off, so to speak. Uh, so, you know, at some point in time, I mean, that's a good career when, and it's rewarding, definitely, because you're treating athletes and you're seeing them go from, you know, a devastating injury to full recovery, getting back to playing. That's, that's an amazing, rewarding journey for sure. And one that I'll always remember. But, uh, you know, when you're in your twenties and things like that, I mean, it's, you know, you, you don't have a family yet. You don't have a house yet. You don't have certain responsibilities. You can you can travel the country and have fun and do that kind of stuff and put in those kinds of hours, uh, you know, off site. But uh, it, you do get burnout yeah. at some point in time. And if you want to spend, if you want to have a family, you want to spend time with that family, and your weekends are spent, you know, at the college and that kind of thing, it's 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 difficult. How yeah. hard was it to like take that plunge initially? Did you have to work yourself up for years, or was it just something where you saw like, hey, I'm doing this on the side. I can see where I can make some money. I'm just going right into this? Uh, a little bit of both. It was, uh, it was, you know, so I did five years of Florida Southern College and then uh, it was just to the point where I, I could see the advancement uh, potential not being very great and my responsibilities becoming greater. Mm -hmm. And so based on that and the fact that I felt like I had a viable business coming right out of the gate, where I had some clientele ready to go. Uh, there was some money that was already going to come in. So I wasn't starting off at ground zero. I had a, a, a decent base. Uh, I felt comfortable to be able to do it. And uh, obviously with the support of my wife, uh, Kim here, uh, you know, she has a, a job in the banking industry. So that afforded me a little bit of luxury in regards to taking that leap. You know, whereas some entrepreneurs, it's like, 
you know, all or nothing. You know, if I fail, then it's, you know, square one. again. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, so, you know, I had the comfort knowing that Kim was there to support me as well, too. You know, what kind of like financial preparation did you have to do? Or is it or is it like, hey, this is a low cost of entry type of business. So we don't need a ton of capital to start this up or. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, there are a couple avenues we were looking at. One was the franchise model. So there were certain franchises out there in the world that like we were looking at doing. Not, not, it's sort of like that. Yeah. But, you know, every every one of them was like 100K buy-in or something like that. Too. Yeah, there's some that were even higher than that. So right off the bat, that was not a good option. And plus, they they tell you what to do. In other words, it, it's it's good and bad. One, they, it's good because they have systems in place and systems are good, right? So that there's no questions as to how the business is run. They give you a playbook. Bad for me because I like to be creative uh, from the aspect of sports performance and strength and conditioning and fitness and things like that. So when you give, you a, give me a cookie cutter model, I don't like to follow the cookie. I like to be able to go off script if you say. Which makes sense because that's, yeah. you know, you really, that's the difference a lot of times between the entrepreneur spirit and someone who likes the idea of running a business. Yeah, it's creativity. Yes. You, you need to have. Be able to have that idea in the shower in the morning. Right. And execution in the afternoon. Right. It's not just to, you know, buy a business, own a business and then let it run itself. I wanted to be able to curate it yourselves and figure it out. So, you know, it, it, an interesting point about opening the business when we did, it was in 2008 when the height of the recession was going on. And uh, to get uh, any type of loan from a bank was basically for a gym was no bueno. So, you know, if you're opening a gym that has capital equipment, you know, meaning treadmills and weight machines and all sorts of stuff that a bank could, you know, put, sell eventually. Right. Th Something they'll invest in that. But our concept was a gym that essentially didn't have that capital big equipment. It had smaller equipment that you know, with wear and tear is not going to be worth very much, right? Should something go wrong. So banks were not willing to invest is, is the bottom line on that. So, you know, at one point in time, it came down to decision. I was either going to go um, into the army special forces, or I was going to go through this with this gym. And wow, uh, that's a big, yeah, <laughs> that's a big, yeah. That's a big. Um, and so that's something I had been looking at for a long time. Well, ever since 9-11 really is, is kind of what I was looking at. From that standpoint, and uh, Kim was like, "Well, uh, we're, you're not going special forces, so let's figure out this business thing." I did not say that. I supported <laughs> you with whatever decision. But you're, you but you're probably going. This is more yeah. the same. Like you want to leave this other job because it's nights, weekends, holidays, and travel. Yeah, uh, special forces feels true. <laughs> like more true, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And we did discuss that we wanted to start a family. Mm -hmm. um, which actually, the day that we opened up CrossFit Lakeland is the day that I found out I was pregnant. Wow. So it was a big day all around. Yes, it was yeah, a big day. Yeah. We nothing like we it. didn't. Lumping on the pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open the doors and oh, by the way. We kind of thought it was going to take a little while to, mm. to get pregnant, and it didn't. So, yes, yeah, so it was like, wow, this is going to be a lot. So <laughs> it's going to be like an interesting putting, first year. Yeah, yeah putting I can, the pressure on us. I connect with that feeling. When we found out we were having our, our first, um, we, had, we had just, like, just gotten married, like maybe, well, actually, no, we'd been married for three or four years at that point, but we had just bought a house. And we found out two days after we demoed the entire inside of it, 
And I tell my wife to this day, I was like, there's no way we would have proceeded with this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Had, had just, if, if we'd just known three or four days sooner, I would, I'd have told you people would have had to live with this. And I, and up to, up to, like, still to this day, I'm like, I know you had to know, but you know me well enough yeah. to say, hey, we've yeah. already bought it. I'm not living with it like yeah. this. But she just, held back on you. Yeah. That's my thing. Smart woman. Yeah. Very smart. You know, yeah. Gets yeah. me out of my own way. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know that you yeah. started it with a, uh, with a business partner and then eventually you moved move to, to, to buy it out and bring it, bring it all under, underneath your umbrella. Um, you know, what, what kind of like, was that just like a, a handshake deal where y'all work together? Is that something you had to get a bank involved? You went SBA on it. I mean, I, the reason I ask this for, for context, a lot of people that are listening to this are thinking about starting a business or maybe they have a business and they want to, they want to pursue, you know, your sole ownership from partnership. Sure. And so this is like a mystifying topic for a lot of people. You see it in movies, yeah. but very few people have actually seen it play out in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do have an opinion on having a partner. Um, it was not a good situation at the time. However, we are good friends with him. So we would never put him down or anything. It's just that the partnership did not work. Well, um, that, make, that makes a good point because, yeah. you know, hey, when you're thinking about um, – about getting your first place in roommates, like the, the advice everybody always gives you is, you know, hey, don't don't room with people you know. You room with people you don't know, <laughs> right? Because because it's hard it's hard to operate under that friendship yes. and context. Yeah. Exactly. And so the same thing kind of applied for for business ownership. It's like you were afraid to maybe do what you wanted to do because if you had differences of opinions, yeah. right. then you're at a stalemate because no one no one holds. There's not a third partner who can say, yeah. okay, two of us want to go this way. So if you're constantly right. clashing on which way you think the business should grow, right. it, it's really you know, it's really hard. Like you were saying, like part of what you want to do is get creative, get your hands dirty right. with it, and that was you know that and the lifestyle were probably the two biggest things you wanted to you wanted to do, and that was fifty percent of it. Yeah, right. that makes it hard. I, I would I would say you know for anyone listening and that's interested in opening a business and having a partner uh, the, I, the biggest mistake we made was we didn't create an operating agreement so like you said it was a handshake you know yes. it was sort of like hey we're friends it's sort of like when you get married in that happy honeymoon stage mm-hmm. you know it's everything's you know rainbows and unicorns and really great the first year and then you start realizing there's some issues underlying and because you didn't have an OA operating agreement to clearly delineate you know, who has certain roles, you know, you, you, it really just goes back and forth, you know, on who's responsible. So, and honestly, and, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh. Um, when it comes to an operating agreement, I do believe that with a partnership, you really should take the operating agreement and create it based on how you will break up. And not necessarily when everything's rainbows and unicorns, like you said, Mike, but how everything will go if you are to split up. I think that's yeah. great advice yeah. um, because like I, I'm involved in a couple other ventures other than my core business. And the first one I did was with a friend and, um, and, and I got some, some weird pushback when I brought up the the idea of, uh, of hey we got we've got to have an operating agreement for our LLC. Um, you know, it's got to define how it's going to work. If you want to get out, or if I want to get out, how that's going to happen. Um, and all all the things, basically yeah. like planning for divorce. It's yes. something um, no one wants to talk it's about. Essentially, like a prenup for business. Yeah, it's something it really no one is. wants to talk about. But and, and we had a uh, very well known business owner here in the area that uh, we had lunch with one day. And he told us, because he has a partner too, he said, you need to, you know, I know you guys are friends, but you really should uh, have something written down, you know, for all those exact reasons. 
And uh, we're like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And then again, honeymoon stage. No, it's going to work out. We're best friends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just didn't he go was there. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah he was, <laughs> at the end of the day, he was right. Yeah. Well, because so. even even something as simple as, hey, you both have 50-50 ownership, but if you're at a stalemate, this is how we get past that. Right, right. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, hey, you can get creative with these mm-hmm. things because it's about, hey, how are we going to make decisions? How often are we going to to, to meet? You know, what are we yeah. gonna, how are we going to control the finances? Like uh, right. I, I saw one operating group, which I, I thought was great, where if any of the partners were going to spend over a certain dollar figure, you had to have approval from the other partner. So if you don't have that, and then someone goes out and buys a ten thousand dollars piece of equipment without right. running it past you, yes, yeah, like it's a that's a big that, deal. That's a, yes. that's a big issue. Yeah, you yeah. know, exactly. how often are we going to distribute? Are we going to distribute profits beyond a certain point? If you got one person saying we don't want to distribute anything, we just want to keep rolling it in the business and growing it. Right. Yeah, the other person saying no, this is a cash register for me. Yeah. Right. I want to take money out yeah. every month. Yeah. Like a lot of a lot of people just don't have that conversation. What right. you have the conversation on is. What's the brand going to look like? Where's the location going to be? How are we going to market? Like yeah. you're talking about the operations of the business. Right, right. Because right. you're not making any money. You don't have to make any decisions of what to do with something you don't have yet. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're not thinking that far ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. But then by the time you are, it's already so it's too muddy late. that it's too late. Yeah, it's yeah. Too late. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's great advice. Yeah, so when you all went through the buyout, um, you know, would you recommend going through a bank for SBI? I know you probably, that's probably a loaded question because you're in the banking industry, but would you, would you say, hey, you should go through a bank or you should maybe try to work with the, with the person you're buying out first to see if you can do a sidebar deal? I mean, what, what did you all find was useful for you in your situation? Yeah, Kim, go ahead. I, well, how that went down. Hopefully you already have an operating agreement that already s- spells it all out for mm-hmm. you. Um, but what we did is we had some funds that we were able to cash out in order to pay him. And then we've set up a payment plan for him um, over the course of, I think it was two, two or three years. Two or three years yeah. 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 So that we could buy him out. Um, at the time we decided not to do a bank loan for that, but yes, banks would look into financing that type of, Purchase. Purchase. I know mm-hmm. it's just hard with SBA because it's usually they're wanting you to go mm-hmm. like a hundred percent of the business. Right. Usually they're requiring ten percent down mm-hmm. now. So they Which is which is pretty nice, especially like right. building purchases mm-hmm. right now. You can get mm-hmm. interest rates in the twos, right? Terms in the twenty five year length and ten yes. percent down. I mean yes. it's it is the golden era of expansion right mm-hmm. now. It's not going to be like, well, it's going to be like this, I think, for several more years. But yes. it's yeah. never going to be. I, mean, I don't think it's going to get cheaper than yeah. it is right now. Exactly. No. Uh, you know, that's, I, I've I got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people that I, I'm talking to right now. That's like everybody is, is got their eyes set on, on. Hey, if we're going to buy a building in the next four or five years, let's start looking now. If we're going to honestly, that's one of expand the business. That's one of our biggest regrets. Through yeah. like so much craziness this last year mm-hmm. that intuitively you just want to hole up and, and, and keep your cash and, right. and just kind of try to weather the storm. Um, but you know, what is that saying? Like people, uh, chaos creates opportunity Yes, and like, there's a lot of opportunity right now. Right. And yeah. I, we would definitely suggest buying your building because, I mean, we are dealing with this right now. Rent increases, um, cam increases, yeah. things that are out of our control. And if we owned our own building, we would probably be paying less than what we're paying right now. Yeah. Our, our, our monthly payments over the years would have been a regular mortgage payment on a building. We but at could the time, have paid off a building Yeah, at the now. time, we just didn't have, it was like 20% put to put down on a, 20, a building. Well, and that's mo- what most conventional loans are, yeah. is 20% down. And we did not have that. And 
we're hoping that within, by the time we're out of this building or done with our lease, we're hoping to have enough for a down payment on, on a well, building. Well, and not to mention when you're talking about business valuation, um, it's one of the biggest areas of cash flow that you can harness mm -hmm. to continue to build value in the yes, business. Yes, it's like, an asset. One, mm -hmm. one of the one of the people that is my mentor, they're they're a restaurateurs, and you know a lot of people think that you're making your money from the restaurant, and where they've made all of their money is using the cash flow of the restaurant to buy the building that they're in, mm -hmm. um, and they they did that at a very small scale initially, and mm -hmm. now they are much larger, and right. they, they do stuff now where they're opening up a new unit. They'll buy the land, build a, build a small little like 8,000, 8,000 square foot center, um, take up a third of it, and then lease, lease out, it lease out the rest. to yeah. pay the payment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's a, it's a That's deal. That's the smart way to go. That's the yeah. smart way to um, go. Yeah. And what they were telling me is the first 10 years of that was the hardest yeah. mm -hmm. because it's tight cash flow. But then when some, when some of the properties start getting paid off, right. and now now it's you know, you got pure money coming in yeah. every single month, yeah. and they started rolling that into the other centers, they said that's when their portfolio really accelerated as, yes. as past year 10. Because right. they had two or three properties that had gotten paid off for at that point, mm -hmm. and yeah. they just harnessed that additional cash flow to just mm -hmm. put fuel onto the fire. Yeah. Right. Well, it sort of goes back to my big picture. What I've always wanted is sort of one-stop shop for everything fitness. So, you know, in one, one building with several units, you know, you have a fitness center, you have maybe a yoga place, maybe a smoothie place, and then, you know, some other, you know, basically feeders, you know, mm -hmm. you can even have a chiropractor, physical therapy, orthopedic surgeon, whatever, you know, all in this one under one roof type of thing. And they're all working together as a feeder type situation, much like um, I spent some time in pro sports. And when you're in pro sports, you have a, a network, you know, if you have an athlete that's injured, uh, you know, you have, you know, a, a, a dentist that you can send them to a chiropractor, a doctor, a physical therapist, everything. And then there, and then you're all in house with strength and conditioning, sports medicine, and all that is under one roof. And so I, that was always my big plan was to have that for general population people is just one-stop shop for everything you need, health and fitness in one, one area. One spot. Yeah. yeah. So, so I know that you've got the, uh, the, the Lake Logan cry on recovery and you've got the fitness. Is there a third or fourth piece to that in your, in your mind on the future? <laughs> it's hard, hard to imagine that far out. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that. Well, I mean, it's not hard to imagine. We, you know, I've, I've, I have uh grandiose Kim calls a champagne dreams on a, I don't know what, <laughs> beer, uh, on a beer, beer budget. That's me. I'm a dreamer. I'm yeah. a dreamer. It's a fault. I, I actually have to like block time to dream yeah. because I, I find myself, my mind wandering through the day. I'm like, no, wait, this isn't daydream time this right. is execution time <laughs> yeah in in the lake lacrosse recovery was always a piece uh, we had talked a long time ago with uh, a, a friend of ours that's an orthopedic surgeon about having you know him and then a recovery place uh you know in-house that would be neat to have it, the medical piece of it yeah there. and so because again that, that goes back to my background sports medicine so uh the idea behind lake lacrosse recovery was to take recovery uh, you know, high-end, uh, high-tech recovery pieces that uh, pro athletes get to use daily and bring that to the general population to use. And what better place to have that but in a gym, uh, health and fitness type setting. And be great if we had a doctor there as well, too, or, or a physical therapist, someone, some other you know, pieces of that team to mm -hmm. put together. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still would like to have you know, other services that are in there that sort of feed off of each other. But that was, again, the whole idea of having Lakeland Crown Recovery in-house. That makes sense. Yeah. 
and you you segueing into like the problem that we talked about the all the all faces, which is customer attrition. A lot of like my business, we face this too. People go out of business, they stop spending on marketing, and this year we're facing it because all the events are canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it's it's a real macro problem that actually um, extends outside of the fitness market into a lot of other markets, even into entrepreneurship, which is people feel productive when they're reading about something, learning about something, putting a plan together for it. That maybe you know, so you're putting your fitness goals together, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to work it into my schedule. And then you do it. Yeah. And yeah. by day three, your body's telling you, this isn't what what, what I want to do. And, right. and when that alarm goes off, because you're trying to do it before work, when that alarm goes off at 4.30, hitting the snooze. Yeah. And, and, and so it seems like, hey, this is, this is a, a, a problem that y'all are facing. And it's a hard one to solve because your clients are coming to you. They know what the solution to their problem is. The solution mm-hmm. to their problem is consistent fitness and workout, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you're here to give them, to give them the solution right. and help them through it but there's nothing you can do to make them show up and, and continue yeah. with it and stick with it right you know right and i and i it sounds like one of the things that y'all are trying is going a little bit more virtual with this you're like hey okay now we're eliminating excuses you only got to leave your house to do your to do what you're supposed to be doing right trying to eliminate the excuses is there is there you know how is that working so far and is there anything else that you that you see that you can that you can do to inject almost accountability into uh into these clients when they're when they're joining yeah great question motivation is always uh hard for a lot of folks to uh come into a place like ours i always tell people you know i'm very candid the you know you just did the hardest thing by coming in through the doors to talk to us about joining you know once you join you're in here you know i think you'll see that what we do here is going to work for you now the question is how long are you going to stay right you know and you have to be motivated to, to keep coming in. And we feel that the culture that we have at a place like ours does help, help motivate people. Like our workouts are great and our coaching is great, but it's all about the culture that is within that gym with the people that are coming in that gym that, that help other people to continue to come in. It's the community. It's, it's the, the community. community. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's, like, a, it's but like it, but it, church and online church. Yeah. But it's the culture that you build that fosters a community. You know, the community is created because of the culture that we, that we would like to, have it at a place like ours. So, you know, in terms of the virtual stuff, there is a, you know, Peloton's been out for several years mm-hmm. now. And so they're really the first big person in the space of virtuality. And what uh, the pandemic has done was basically, basically said, Hey, Peloton's done a great job. There are other ways to do it. And now you see commercials with the mirror, the mirror you know, yes. Lululemon bought the mirror uh, Nordic track has a version of it too, as well. And so there is, you know, people are finding what the pandemic made a lot of people realize was that it is convenient to walk out into your garage or into a separate room and just have at it. Um, now, but it doesn't address the biggest problem, which right. is that accountability, which is the accountability. Yeah, the accountability mm-hmm. because what happens a lot of times people, I, w- I even have people coming in for consults right now that say, Hey, that was great for a while, but you know, I have kids running in and, you know, I have this happen to me at home once in a while. I work out at home once or twice a week myself and the kids are coming out asking for snacks or, you know, she did this, she did that. Right. Uh, or, you know, something, you know, and again, the accountability, you don't have Johnny, Susie or Sally at the gym going, Hey, where's, you know, where's Mike at? Where's Kim at? I haven't seen them in a while. And so that, that accountability is there too. So yes, it's convenient to work out at home, but um, if you're looking for, uh, you know, motivation and accountability, 
I think that's something that unless it's like intrinsic with that with inside you to be able to do it on your own, um, I think that a place like ours really helps people. Well, and yeah. I and I envy people that have that in them. I, mean, I meet some of them sometimes that are just they're ultra disciplined. Yeah. And when they set their mind to do something, they do it. I unfortunately yeah. am not one of those people. I, I've neither. got to I've got to keep a, a, a like a list of why I'm doing this, and I almost got to read it every yeah. single day right. to keep myself focused. Because I'm just honest, I, I lie to myself. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I, I lie to myself so that I don't have to do what I know I should do, and it it, it makes it easier on my ego. Because mm-hmm. yeah, when you know you're supposed to be doing something mm-hmm. and you know you're not doing that thing, then right. you say, well, you know, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze. I mean, like, I would like to lose 20 pounds, but I don't know if it's worth the hour every morning. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, how often do yeah. I go to the beach anyways? Maybe I just wear a tank top. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And so it's like those lies that you tell yourself right. to to stop you from achieving that life that you want. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a big problem. You know, in preparation for this, I looked up um, – the annual spend on motivational speakers in the United States, like what would just not, not the whole motivational industry, just the speakers mm-hmm. people going to simmers. If you had to take a guess what you thought that would be. What a person individually yeah, spends no, no, what, what, or what the, you know, what, what the, in totality. What, yeah. Totality. Oh man. It was much higher than I thought. Yeah. One point several hundred billion. I was going to say several oh, hundred really? billion. Millions. I was yeah. thinking nine billion. Wow. Just wow that is speakers. a lot yeah. more okay, than I so, expected. So the reason I looked that up is because I'm going, it's 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 a pandemic in itself. Mm-hmm. Of of the, we as people need to be motivated. Well, think of motivational books and mm-hmm. self help. You know things that people try to do because yeah. it's a mm-hmm. mental toughness problem. Right. Mm-hmm. If you like, I was saying, if you could just be one of those people that sets your mind to do something and you do it, that's the definition of mental toughness. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But most of us are not like that. We need right. a daily reminder to be mentally tough. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And that's in business. That's in fitness. That's in being a good dad, a good husband, it's a in good life, son. Yeah. It's, it's in life. Yeah. It's about waking up every day and saying what I'm trying to achieve is not a number, but to be the best version of myself I can be. And it's a journey that never stops because when I hit this echelon, I'm going to have my sights set on the next echelon. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not something that you're ever going to be there. I'm like, okay, I'm there. I've seen some very fit people. Okay. That are still working out three times a day. Mm, okay. Yeah. You know, you know, it's the same with business. People think that, okay, these business owners, they get to the spot, they're making the money they want. And now they're just got the feet up on the table, kicking back and counting the money. Yeah. And the people who get there, that's not how they got there. That's not how they tick. Right. Okay. They, they didn't stop being who they were because they achieved something. The guy that I'm talking about, he was on the, uh, on the power team and he's got a, a motivational circuit he puts out. Um, his name is Mark. He lives here and likely does, uh, um, Omega Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or anything, mm. but he's a he's like a, a fit dude. And when okay. he's when he's preparing for competition, he's like on all you know, like on liquids for two weeks. And he'll yeah. come in. And he's got like you know sixteen packs. Sure, up. sure. It's, crazy. <laughs> it's incredible you know? self discipline. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And some people, it's it's their body, and some people, it's it's other things: mm-hmm. business, career, life, kids, whatever. Uh, but yeah, you gotta you gotta have that mental mindset to do anything and. and Coming into a gym is definitely one of them. Well, I look at you and I'm like, you're the whole package. You got your, you got the business, you're fit, you got the the, the balance in your life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know, so one of the questions I penciled yeah. in here yeah. is how is your day structured? How are you, <laughs> like, you know, like you're, you're, you're doing all of this. You're, you're even adding the flexibility for your family um, you know, because, because Kim's got a more structured job and you're still finding time to do the family thing, run your business, not just run it, but expand it. Mm-hmm. You know, like what, what does your day look like? Is it just incredibly long or are you just super disciplined with your time? No, every day is different. Yeah. You know, 
with a business like ours, you know, you go in thinking you're going to do this, this, and this, and then all of a sudden it's that, that, and that. Yeah, we've got a plane yeah. to punch in the mouth. Yeah, yes. right. yeah. exactly. Mike Tyson right there. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure my day is much like everyone else's in our situation. You, know, you wake up, you help get the kids ready, you take them to school, and then off you go about your day. Uh, you know, and then... You know, at the end, we pick up the kids from school, and then if you have to take them somewhere, you take them somewhere. And for our kids, uh, a lot of times, it's taking them to the gym. They grew, they they've grown up in the gym setting, mm -hmm. you know, because I have the flexibility of leaving work to go pick them up, and you know, I can bring them to the gym, and they can hang out, and they'll run around or watch TV or play with other kids that come in the gym. We have a safe zone area where, you know, parents bring other kids. So they love going in there and seeing, you know, Johnny, Susie, Sally and, and playing with them. So, um, you know, a, a typical workday for me has changed a lot over the years. When I first started the business, it was me and another guy coaching all of the classes and bringing in clients and personal training and marketing and, you know, doing, doing this, this, and that. Everything. Doing yeah. yeah, and so, you know, the, the plan is always to, to be like, hey, I would like to, you know, get a great staff where they can, you know, and you try to pick out, you know, each of these uh, staff people have uh, are, are good at certain things. So you try to give them those responsibilities and then you can start relinquishing those responsibilities off your plate. Delegating. Delegating has always been a problem for me. I, I, I identify with that. Yeah. I, it's my, I, I was always the kid, like if they had a group project in school, I do the whole thing. We're going to get an A plus. I don't need your yeah. input. Um, and I'm a planner. I'm like an outline person. Yeah, yeah. But the, the problem with that is none of that creates community and culture within the business. Right. And it right. is, it is hard. Like I, I have to, and I'm, I'm pretty like outgoing, but I have to deliberately get out of my office, get out of my head and go get with my people. It's like, I got to remind myself to do that because it's not a sure. natural tendency for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that's probably the case with most entrepreneurs or business owners is that it's your baby. So, you know, it, no one really cares 100% as much about your business as you do, but you do hope to hire people and have a staff that you know, does care as much as you do and, and really helps you out and assist you in those, in those ways. And so over the years, I've been able to take a step back from being on the floor and work on the business and not mm -hmm. in the business, as they say. So that, that luxury has been nice where now I can, you know, you know, do programming, be behind the desk, you know, work on marketing, bringing people in, doing consults with them, trying to, you know, trying to help them out, reach their goals. And then ultimately they end up on the floor with our coaches that, you know, get them to that point. Yeah. So, did yeah. you deal with any guilt when you were moving into that? Like I, I know for me, oh, yeah. when I, yeah. when I, when I made that transition from working in the business to on the business and I, and then I, and, I, and at first it was like just some of my time, then eventually got to where it's like 90% of my time is working on the business. I dealt with a lot of guilt about that because I was so used to just doing, and now I'm like, man, I'm, I'm leaving my troops yeah. on the field here. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. on the front lines of battle with them anymore. Yeah, sure. If you're not, if I'm not on the floor, you know, when I was, you know, first transitioning into the role I'm in now, and I'm not, when I wasn't on the floor, it's like, man, I, you know, I should be out there, and I'm kind of like watching it go down while I'm behind my, behind the desk. And then, of course, you're always hoping that your staff is is doing what they need to do. And, but eventually, here's here's the thing: is that if you don't start relinquishing those roles or delegating, those people are never going to get better themselves. So, mm. if you truly want to grow your business, you're only as good as your staff is, as they say, right? So, or as good as the the, the people you hire. So. You know, for those folks to grow and get the experience that they needed, they needed to put the hours in on the floor. You know, I have those, quote unquote, 10,000 hours on the floor. 
um, you know, working, coaching with people, you know, doing personal all that stuff, training. personal training, mm-hmm. sports, all that, right? These people now, they, this is the next generation, if you will. They need to come in and, and uh, learn all that stuff. And and so I can only hope that I'm there for them, you know, when they need advice or uh, or help. But ultimately, I want them to be themselves and, and do what they need to do. We're yeah. very fortunate. We have a great staff. Yeah. yeah. You know, every every successful business owner I talk to, it always maps back to that. It does. People, sure. You know, it and, does. And, and like what helped me get out of the guilt mindset was accepting that, hey, my job is to build the team that builds the company. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what my, that's yeah. what, that's yeah, what yeah. my purpose has yeah. got to be. Your mm-hmm. company's not going to grow just because of you. Nope. Yeah. And, well, and, and you know, a lot of people that never get out of solopreneurship, that's what happens. They never, they never make that transition and right. they, they got the best darn operation. I've seen them like these mm-hmm. people who are super engaged and it's maybe a, a small, small team. It's never really grown much. Um, everything runs smooth. But they can't scale it because right. you need people to scale it. You know, mm-hmm. If you want to make it bigger, yeah. you you need more good people. And like uh, going back to our, our offline conversation about Publix, like that's what like when they when they talk about what George Jenkins was an innovator on, mm-hmm. it was having a vision and selling that vision to his people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, right. like like oh, I, I had to unpack like why is he why did the, why do Publix um, why is the Publix culture spend so much time in the store? Do these top managers? Like like you said, they've already put in their ten thousand hours. They right. would have made it to the top had they not done that. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all about growing the bench. Yeah, it's all, yeah. It's all about showing. No, this is how we treat our customers. This is how we treat each other. This is how we do things. This is the way. Mm-hmm. And and yes, that's that's an interesting uh, tidbit because you feel guilty when you segue for at, at first, but sure. then as you see the success that comes from it, the growth that comes from it, you go, man, I got to do more of this. Yeah, yeah. All I right, think so. seeing I think seeing our staff growing. I just, it's great to see um, them come out of, you know, their personalities Mm -hmm. and seeing how they grow as a coach and their ideas and their vision for, for the business. It's, it's been very good the last couple of years. That's rewarding. When you, when you find people that really care about your vision, your business and how they want to continue to grow it and grow themselves, Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. Well, what I love is, is that last piece is like, you know, selfishly, we want to work on on this thing. But what is so what is so cool to see is people who were kind of just hadn't really come into their own yet, mm-hmm. and but by having responsibility and leadership thrust upon them, an expectation thrust upon them, they step into their own new echelon. And yes, I, I never love to see employee turnover, but one of the things I do love to see is when someone if someone gets a new dream and they want to go after it, and we prepared them for that. Like mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing. Yes, so, it is. As we close it up, is there is there any advice that you'd give to to the people who are listening to this that are maybe um, been dreaming about entrepreneurship? Have they, they've they've <laughs> they planned this entire business out on paper and in their head, but are are just lacking the ability to take action? Yeah, I, I would say, I would just say that uh, you know the for us the plunge was worth it, but definitely expect that you're going to learn a lot of lessons along the way. You know, at some point in time, you're going to be throwing stuff against the wall, hoping it sticks. But also you have to you have to plan and you have to be ready to pivot, shift. And the lessons that are learned, you know, they're they're only positive if you if you do something about them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've we've learned a lot of lessons along the way. You know, a lot of things that we did right and did wrong. And, uh, you know, we can only hope that, you know, we can continue to move on based on those lessons learned. So. You know, just we're still learning. <laughs> yeah, j- 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 you know, uh, for, I don't know about a lot of people out there, but for me personally, I'm never 100% satisfied. You know, I never think our systems are 100% great. 
um, you know, I, I always want to, there's always ways to really fine tune things and, and get better at what you're doing. So you so. got you just got to learn to love the process and understand that action is what creates the results. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not, perseverance. Not, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. Not pontificating on what you think is going to happen right. or analyzing it and thinking about yeah. it. Get out of your head, do it, get outside and start doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. That's uh, for sure. Yeah. Can't wait to hear more about the uh, the how the uh, kid piece is developing. The, yes, because uh, I know that's another thing. So yes. probably next time we talk to y'all, I got to find out about how that's going. Yep. I think yeah. that's a big one, though. Yes, I mean, because think about it the, yeah. the 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 overweight and the obesity and everything. It's and, and the habits. They're all There's, they all start at a very young age. Very right? young age. You know, and, and that's what's hard is you're working your whole adult life to get out of these bad habits that you established when you were youth. Yeah. Well, I kind of wish Mike would have started back when he was a child because that's what really brought him into the sport and fitness industry is that he was overweight. And I think you hurt yourself in baseball or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I was, well, I was overweight as a child and, uh, you know, I played baseball and, you know, to get better at baseball, I was just not where I wanted to be. So I really just dived into self-fitness and, and doing what I needed to do. And then um, playing football, I got injured and had to have surgery. And then through the rehab process was how I learned about athletic training, athletic training and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And that's what got me into uh, going to school for that. Wow. Was yeah. um, was just being uh, just experiencing the, the rehab progression and then me going back on the field and being able to play again. I'm like, man, this is really cool if I was able to do this. For other people as well, yes. too. And so. I mean, you look at some of his ki- childhood pictures and it's like, how wow. How is this the same person? How is this the same person? Yeah. This just shows that he has he has the willpower. And there's, to, a, and there's a lot of there. That's yeah. mental toughness. Exactly. I, I, I of course, I, I struggled. You know, I was I was pretty overweight as a kid, too. Uh-huh. Um, now, I have not channeled that into the success that you've had with your physique. I'm working on it. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, it's something I've always struggled with. I don't like my metabolism is not a fast one. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. so it's if you if you if I don't watch what I eat and I don't make activity a part of my day, it's not hard for me to gain it. Sure. It's and just I'm married a, to one of these people who could be on all cupcake diet yeah. and lose weight. <laughs> We went on vacation for two weeks. I gained like five pounds and she lost eight. Oh my god. And we were in a cabin doing nothing but eating all day. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this isn't fair. I'd be in your boat too, yeah. for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I would. I would not yeah. I would not lose anything. I can tell you that. But, but go I think back I gained to, five pounds on our vacation yeah. that we took. Oh. But going back to the kid thing, I mean, and especially during these times with the pandemic, because of uh, virtual school and video, video games, games. It's and like no one's outside. No one's yeah. doing anything. They now need they, to now come, they go almost, outside. Now they almost 10x the ability to be, you know, seated or Lazy. laying down and not doing stuff. And, uh, I, you know, physical activity, we're not asking to no pain, no gain people. At the end of the day, we just want people to get up and move. Like you said, get out and walk. Build and, a routine. And eat, uh, and eat right. The, we walk probably at least once a weekend just to get the kids out of the house. Oh, and you too. We go to the scrubs in Lakeland. I talk, I'm always surprised about parents that don't know about all the uh, all the parks and scrubs that Lakeland has got to offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we we live at some of these scrubs. We just we'll go on these four or five hour hikes. You know, like the yeah. Lakeland Highlands one. Yeah. I, we took a walk and ended up behind Eagle Brook. I, oh, 
oh, no wow. idea yeah. how yeah. big it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it starts over there behind 548 Publix. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it goes goes way up there. Wow. Well, I'm going, the county has got all of this property that it's turned into walking trails. Yeah. Uh-huh. And during during the pandemic, we just had to get scrappy. I, you know, like I said, I got the three kids. So it's like staying in the house means all they do is destroy it. And all you're doing mm-hmm. is cleaning up from one room to the yeah. next. Yeah. So the goal is like, we got we to wake up and we got to get out of here. Get outside. Right. Get outside. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I spent a decent amount of money on Amazon buying outdoor activities for the kids to yep. do. And I'm sure a lot of people did as well, too. But that's that's the goal now. Now that, you know, th- places like ours are reopened is like now we can give people an option for their kids to go and get mm-hmm. their uh, their phys ed in because if they're not in school getting their regular phys ed. Well, they're starting to, 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 to get that out of the, out yeah. of the education process, too, not make it a required. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, what's, what could be funny is we could be talking in five or ten years from now. And you say, man, the the kids out of our business has eclipsed everything else. Yeah, I think it's a potential. I think that, it is a potential. Get there, yeah. right? I know me as a parent, like that. That when you said well, that on that last interview, like that just that's it, it struck a chord for me because I'm like, it is. It's about building healthy habits. Mm-hmm. So now when I release them into the into the wild of adulthood, they maintain those habits. Yeah, like that's why you do everything. Yes. You have all these family traditions that you do each week, a month, mm-hmm. and quarter because you want it to carry on. Mm-hmm. But. I know for my family, fitness was not part of those traditions. Right. And um, as I look yeah, at society, it's it's going, it's on a downhill trajectory in terms of prioritizing fitness. In fact, as a society, we're prioritizing work and money way over all that mm-hmm. stuff. We're saying we don't have time to work out, but we have time to work 60 hours a week at work. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You can always find time. There's yeah. there's some, there's some there's definitely an hour in your day where you can do something to move mm-hmm. and it's just what you choose to do. Yes. Yeah, so well, you got to start saying what it is is I don't have time. I don't value my fitness. I'm yes. Right. That's exactly that. it. It's what it's what you value. Yeah. And as a parent, I value my kids doing this stuff much more than I care about myself. Oh, yeah. So it's like, okay, well, you want to do soccer, you and I'm very frugal. So it's mm-hmm. like, but if it's my child, I don't have a problem paying for them to do stuff to uh, make them better. Others, yeah, yeah I want to invest in them. But yes, you have to invest in yourself you as gotta well. You got to find time for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Which means that at four thirty in the morning, I get up to go work out. Because so. look, your your kids are looking up to you. You know, mm-hmm. are are you practicing what you're preaching? You right. Know, are you 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 want your kids to do all this physical activity, but they're watching you on your phone scrolling through? Right? Yeah, a thousand percent. Exactly. So, hey, don't say curse words, but turn your ears off. Yeah. When mommy and daddy yeah. are talking. Yes, yeah. exactly. If you want to set exactly. an example, you got to lead. Don't lead, text and drive. You got you got yeah. to lead from the you front. You have to lead from the front. Exactly. Lead from the front. Yeah. You know, and what I'm always fascinated about the four thirty thing is everybody hyper focuses on four thirty, and what I say is we really got to focus on is 839 mm-hmm. okay because that's the time you got to go to bed in order to be able to get up at 4 30 yes yeah you know? and and so like when me and my wife yes. made that transition we said okay what we're saying is we value that hour of tv before we go to sleep more, more than, than value our, our, our start getting up in the morning yeah and exactly you know, when we put it in that perspective we stop worrying about the time you wake up because when you're well rested that's an easy thing to yeah do. Mm-hmm. it's hard to do it when you can go to bed till 11 o'clock okay. now you're right. operating on five and a half hours of sleep yeah. right and it's counterproductive for your body so you're going to get up and go work on your fitness but you haven't had the appropriate amount of sleep for your body to grow it's a it's a bad loop wheel yeah you, yes. need, you need all components and i always tell people that when they come in for a consult we are we are it, we can take care of a few things in our life, and that's uh, our health and fitness, sleep, stress, nutrition. All right. So, you know, not all the times you can control stress and sleep to a point if, st- if life happens. But for the most part, those are things that we can mitigate ourselves during the during, you know, daily uh, during the daily hours. So. You know, if you can get those dialed in, then and take ownership. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. that's what we all say. Well, we don't have we don't have control over those things. 
And so as soon, <laughs> yeah. as soon as you say we don't have control, then you're shucking the responsibility onto something else, the universe, time. And that's what yes. everybody yeah. really does is they blame it on time. Yeah, you got, you got we hear that all the time. And it's like what everybody has to realize is that they all have a choice. Mm-hmm. Everything is a choice. Whether you go to bed early or you stay up late, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. If you get up early in order to work out, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. You sleep in, that's a choice. So it's not that you don't have time. It's that you aren't making, making the choice to and make so, the time. And so when someone comes in and they're signed up for the gym, it's because this is all culminated and their why is really strong. Like my why of joining the gym right now, mm-hmm. January, I'm sorry, this is like the biggest customer, you know, implosion you all get, you know, but everybody's like thinking about, man, just getting 10 pounds at the holidays. My why is strong. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But by day number four of four thirty, the why is getting weaker. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> by week two or three, because you haven't seen results yet in two or three weeks. Right. Cause it, it, that's not how it works. Well, um, well, we're, we're not, we're not looking for the resolution people to come no, into our gym. You want the people the, the, for the, life change. Yeah. Those are, those are gyms like the big box gyms, yeah. you know, the $10 a month gyms. That's not us, you know? We're investing a lot of time and energy in you, and you're investing a lot of money to come into our, a place like ours. So the resolution people, and I, I posted about this yesterday on our social media, research has shown that 80% of the people by uh, the second week of February fall off of resolutions, all right? So whatever those may be. And so I don't want you falling off, right? Mm-hmm. So I want people that, you know, and, and actually for us, one of our biggest months is February, not January. And my feeling is that people, you know, tried something, didn't work, or just have thought about it long enough where it's like, okay, I need to actually invest a certain amount of money and time into doing this. And so I want people that are, are like you just said, have made that choice, you know, that are ready to go. They have that mindset of, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this for, you know, the long haul. Mm-hmm. So Well, in your all's kind of model, I think when you're talking about getting results, it's a much better model than the box stores. I've got I got a lot of friends who are in fitness. The person I know that has had the most losses in terms of weight and has and it's and it's permeated into their life. It's not been like a six month. It's been three years now, and mm-hmm. they, they like dropped the whole person. Yeah, they're, and they're in the best shape of their life, and they're in their fifties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the thing he said to me is, I wish I would have gotten with a hands on trainer when I was 30 mm-hmm. yeah. and say, I'm in, the, I'm better shape now than I was when I was 35. Right. And I always, and I never did it because it was more expensive um, to, to go, to go with someone who's going to do one-on-one with you or who's going to, who's going to like really take a more, right. more personalized approach. Yeah. He said um, it was more expensive and you know, I like kind of being able to come in when I want, leave when I want. And this was a lot more structured. He said, but that level of accountability, knowing that I couldn't be late because number one, I'm paying for this session. Mm-hmm. And number two, I got someone who's expecting me to show up. Right. That's going to hold me accountable. He said, those two things were the thing that changed my fitness life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy yeah. when yeah. you think about it because you think they would be saying, no, it's the actions. Yeah. And I go, no, I always knew what the actions were. If I could run five miles every morning, well, yeah. you know, I, you don't need any equipment right. to be in great shape. So eat, for, eat right and run yeah. or, you know, whatever. You're like you do pushups. You don't need a lot of stuff to be in good shape. You need someone to hold you accountable to you do it. You need accountability. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's at the end of the day. That's what it comes down to for a lot of folks. So, and, and we definitely have the accountability checked. At, at our place. Mm-hmm. So you hear that you got to go to uh, Lakeland Athletic Club in a uh, cryo recovery if you want to get in uh, in lifetime shape here, like not just for the for January, mm-hmm. not just for 2021, but for beyond. Right. Right. And I'm telling you, if you meet Mike, you're going to be like, I want to look like this guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Kim, you got to be telling your girlfriends, you're like, yeah, this is my yeah. husband. <laughs> yeah. I, yes, exactly. It's like, yes, everybody come in and meet with him in order to sign up for the gym. You know, and that's. 
that's the way I see it. My wife does something similar. She shows so pictures that of easy, me when we started right? dating 10 years ago. And she's uh-huh. like, this is what he kind of looks like. <laughs> Just there's more of him now. <laughs> well, thank you all so much again.